welcome to the Dollop. Oh boy. This is American History Podcast. Each week I read a story to my friend. <laughs> Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Yeah. You just gave me notes on how I did our intro in the last one. Right. And did, what do you think about your performance there? I think I did one and one. Uh, my my introduction was in one of our famous characters. Uh, one of our famous From the Dollop. <laughs> and who is that person? That's old, old, old aged Englishwoman. Old Lady Gimlet. Old Lady Gimlet. <laughs> We're also selling Old Lady Gimlet posters. God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. People say this is funny? Not Gary Garrow. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by our subscribers on Patreon. I want to thank each and one of every you. You guys are helping us out a lot, and we appreciate it. If you want to donate, uh, become a subscriber or whatever, you can go to patreon.com, the dollop, and you will find us there. Uh, we are also uh, an All Things Comedy podcast. We are on the All Things Comedy uh, podcasting network. You can go and uh, go to allthingscomedy.com, and you'll find uh, a lot of other really great podcasts. Um, on this network. They're fun. Yes, great podcast. April 5th, I, 1939. Did you sure. have something to say? Nope. No, Just ahead. wanted to get shouted at. Go ahead. No, say it. April 9th, 19... Nope. <laughs> that would be a fun game, too. <laughs> you say the date, and two sentences later, ask me what era we're in. <laughs> April 5th, 1939. Okay. April 30th, 1978. William Post was born in Erie, Pennsylvania. He had a difficult life. His mom died when he was eight years old. Okay. Most common thing of all the dollops. Yeah, I, always. Parents, parents, you better savor the flavor with your parents. It's crazy. They're going to be gone by the time you're nine. Uh, and instead of caring for him, his dad sent him, his sister Patty, his brothers Ed and Jeffrey off to an orphanage. Cool move. Well, look, uh, guys, mom's gone, so... Uh, Dad's gone, too. This concludes our relationship. <laughs> you know the deal. One goes, the other goes, too. Oh, man. I uh, I would have stuck it out, but then, uh, you know, she didn't make it, so bye-bye, kid. Uh, great to meet you guys. Really good to meet you. Ed, you were nice. You were a good one. My name's I, I had a lot of hopes for you. My name's Ted. Okay. Bye, anyway. Bye. You can name yourself whatever you want. You're starting over in an orphanage. <laughs> Fuck you. Reset. Uh, you know what I mean? Bye. Uh, the kids kicked around foster homes and juvenile facilities. They were also raised for a, uh, a little bit of time by their maternal grandparents. Now, known as Bud, William joined the army. Then most of his life, he drifted from dead-end job to dead-end job. Okay. He worked as a spray painter on pipelines, a laborer, a cook at a carnival. Always fun. I mean, that's... How do you guys like your clown meat? <laughs> Medium? I'm a clown. Yeah. Yeah, we're serving you. What? Yeah, you guys kind of don't really serve much of a purpose. I'm happy Nipsey the clown. Yeah, see, it's like people just want to see lions happy, and shit. Happy. So we're going to start grilling you guys. Happy Nipsey the clown. Okay. Bye. You know what's amazing is how many of you guys I can fit into one ground beef burger. 
I told you. It's sort of like a clown car. I told you we should join the circus. <laughs> Never a carnival. That's what Dad said. All right, get on the grill. At one point, he served a 28-day sentence for passing bad checks, which he said was, quote, to feed my family when I was out of work. Well, that's an excuse Fair. that people aren't going to buy. <laughs> the closest he came to a career was running it was a long-running job with a traveling circus. He really just went into that life. Jesus. I Slippery mean, slope. He drove a truck for the carnival all around the country. He was very excited when they gave him a promotion to run the Tilt-A-Whirl. Ugh, that is so sad. Because coins would fall out of people's pockets when they were on the ride. Oh, God, how did you make the saddest <laughs> thing sadder? And that was extra money he could take home. He got excited about his promotion to the Tilt-A-Whirl because he could get, like, he could ground score change. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty sad. It's pretty fucked up. Also, it's if you're in charge of the Tilt-A-Whirl... And your job is to keep people safe. That almost it bisects a little bit with the idea that you can do whatever you want to get people to shake change out of their pocket. So if you have a little controller, you can make the thing go thirty minutes and really just like yeah. fucking shake it. Yeah. Sir, I think the ride's broken. I, my recommendation is to never get on a ride at a carnival. Ugh, the idea that I've done that many times. Yeah. I mean, it's just how is anybody alive? How are we alive? Uh. Bud did manage to get married five times. Okay. And crank out ten kids. Jeez. Nine of those were from one marriage. Oh. He had numerous run-ins with the law. He liked to drink. Okay. By his mid-40s, he was alone and broke. One of his daughters said, quote, he was nobody. He was nothing. That's tombstone material. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He lived in Erie... Which yeah. is not a great. Have you ever been to Erie? No, not the best. Not the not the. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's okay. He lived in a roach-infested apartment uh, for three hundred forty dollars a month, which he got from Social Security and disability. That seems expensive. Oh no! Wait, he got three hundred forty a month in Social Security. Disability. Oh, okay. Uh, he lived. So I'm say. sure that roach-infested apartment was like a hundred. Yeah. In 1987, he received a plaque from the city honoring him for rescuing a three-year-old boy from a burning building. Okay. So, all right. Probably drunk. Yeah. yeah. He was just looking for whiskey. But the day that changed his life came when he had $2.46 in his bank account. Hmm. He pawned one of his wedding or engagement rings he had gotten back for $60. And then he bought $60 worth of Pennsylvania lottery tickets. Oh, dear. He must have made some sort of deal on rent because he gave his landlady, Ann Carpick, $20 worth of tickets and kept the other 40 tickets for himself. Okay, so he paid his rent in lottery tickets? Or, or bought time from right. getting kicked out, okay. you know, one or the other. Right, yeah, no, they prorate lottery tickets <laughs> normally. That's how it works. I don't have the rent, but I do have four Jacks or Wilds hey. for you, my man. One of his was a winning lottery ticket. The jackpot was worth more than $32 million. What? At the time, it was the second highest jackpot in state history. But he had to split it with another lottery winner, which turned out to be a group of employees from the Westinghouse Electric Bettis Atomic Power Laboratory in Pittsburgh. So Bud's total would be $16.2 million, which he would receive in 26 annual payments 
of $497,593. He had $3 in the bank. Yeah, and now he's got a half a million. Okay. He he called his daughter drunk so many times. It'd be nothing to nobody. <laughs> he called his daughter drunk so many times over the years and complained about life that when he called her and told her he had won the lottery, she thought he had been institutionalized. <laughs> Put the doctor on, Dad. Put the man in the white coat on. No, I'm a millionaire. All right, Daddy. I love you so much. Please put the doctor on. I love that that's the jump. Yeah. Not that like he's crazy. No, he's, in, he's institutionalized. <laughs> he threw himself a party at a fancy restaurant. Oh, man, did he. And ordered giant platters of seafood to show off. Well, this money's gone. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, this money's going away. He called himself the black sheep of the family and wanted to show them all that he was somebody now. I lo- it is it is so fucked up that money is that important that that can make yeah. you be like from one day be like see I'm somebody yeah. you said I couldn't do it and I bought the lottery bought a ticket. ticket and I bought a magic ticket <laughs> you said I wouldn't be anything and I went and bought a magic ticket <laughs> and now I'm somebody goddamn it hey, come on eat the crab eat the crab <laughs> dig into these shrimp guys. At the restaurant, his landlady I bought a magic ticket. <laughs> like that, you like it took any thought on your end. I mean, the only thing you had to do was go. I'm gonna buy it. No, you did nothing except being so broke that you were like, "Fuck it, maybe this." Hail will do Mary! Something. Hail yeah. Mary! At the restaurant, his landlady Anne Carpick said to one of his daughters, "Quote: I hope your dad is going to do something for my children with this money. I should be getting half of it." Whoa! It's a bad sign, right? Yeah. Not, not what you want to hear at a fucking launch party. Nope. Bud moved out of his house and into a fancy hotel. Then he went on a shopping spree. Oh, this is just not good. What? It's just not. It's not good. I mean, for go, moving moving into a hotel is questionable. <laughs> Buy some fucking property. He did live in a roach infested place. So yeah, but it's not your options aren't <laughs> hotel or shithole. Okay, that's fair. Go buy go buy a place. No fair. Have no him fair. fix up the roach. Motel, yeah. Like, like redo the hotel you're staying in? The, the no, Roach Motel? No, the Roach-infested place he was staying in. Fix that up? Well, that's better than renting re- it. I'm trying to keep this dude's money. Good luck with that. Yeah. Bud moved out of, right, Bud moved out of his house into the fancy hotel. Then he goes on a shopping spree. His lawyer said, quote, he would go to every imaginable store and buy every imaginable thing you could see. Oh, boy. <laughs> Not good. Not good. I'm somebody! <laughs> You see, I did it. I'm somebody. They said I wouldn't, but they said I was an idiot. I'll take all those ottomans. It's like a, it's like if like a guy in the desert who hasn't had water for a week and he sees water. He's like, <laughs> he gets he gets a gallon of water and he decides to drink a little and shower. He bought an 18 wheeler, a twin engine airplane, even though he had no idea how to fly. Uh, he bought tractors, a backhoe, and a bulldozer and farms. He bought around 35 Cadillacs, two of which were limousines, and he bought motorcycles. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, he bought like, 35 Cadillacs? It's like he's writing a book called What Not to Do. How I Lost It in Three Hours. <laughs> <laughs> 35 Cadillacs. He invested in a liquor license. And got a lease for a restaurant in Florida. What is he doing? He lives just, in Pennsylvania. Just chill. 
He bought a 31-foot-tall sailboat that slept six. Oh, my God. So, I mean, he's essentially, like, buying, like, everything, that every mode of transportation. Yeah. I mean, one of them, 35 modes of transportation. <laughs> Two limos. He set his brother up uh, and bought for him a used car lot and a fleet of cars to go with it. He blew through $300,000 just on gifts. Within three months, he, he was $500,000 in debt. Oh, okay, so he spent a million dollars, that means. Yes. Fast. So he's already spent next year's money. Yeah. Five months later, he married his sixth wife. She was a waitress named Connie. They had been dating before he won the lottery, and she signed a prenup that would give her 50 k a year if they divorced. That's a so lot of money. Her, that's a shitload of money. Like, why would you give... Why would you give that's 10% of yeah. your you you that's that's a your great prenup. deal. That's a terrible that's not prenup. A prenup. That's the worst prenup ever. That's what the prenup she would give you. <laughs> what do you think? They moved into a mansion in Oil City, Pennsylvania, in Oil uh, City. Yeah. All righty. That they bought for $395,000 and immediately went about upgrading it. I thought you were going to say that they bought with 30 Cadillacs. I mean... We'll give you 30 Cadillacs for the house. Well, how, about, how about I give you this boat for the house? Huh? Huh? You want a jet? Boat? You want a bulldozer? Twin engine? I got planes. You want a tractor? I got an elephant. Take this backhoe. And I'm not talking to my new wife. Wow. I'm, I'm addressing you. Take this backhoe. Not you. take this backhoe. No, back honey. Honey. No. Uh, so... The mansion had a beautiful circular staircase, a giant pool in the backyard, a bathtub bigger than most jacuzzis with 18 karat gold faucets. Oh, jeez. What? I mean, you're, you're, getting, you're only getting water. It's like shit that you should never have. There's no reason to ever have that. Even it's like MC Hammer's your financial planner. Oh, fuck, yes. This is straight up MC Hammer shit. It was known by the neighbors as the Hamburger House because the previous owners also owned McDonald's. Okay. So they're clever in the neighborhood. Neighbors are cool. Neighbors are great. We called it the Hamburger House. Why? We're the worst. <laughs> okay. That's why. Meet the uh, worsts. After he burnt his money well before the year was over, the next year came along. And another half million came. Oh, boy. And that has just got to be... And a spend and he went. Oh, God. But things were still not great. <laughs> but he was a drinker and he fought with his wife a lot. Oh, dear. Someone's getting 50K a year. Right? Yeah. Bud's daughter, Gladys, said, quote, He constantly changed his phone number because people would call him. As soon as they would find out his new number, they'd call him and ask for money. He got crazy. He'd sit and stare at the surveillance cameras... To be sure somebody, to be sure nobody was sneaking up to his house. Sounds like Steve Martin and the Jerk. Oh yeah, at this point, it really does. It's just like, it could, I mean, it has to. It does have to be its own. I mean, that's why you hear so many stories about people who just lose their money on on the lottery because well, it's it's how do you like I, how can you you can't almost wrap your mind around a middle ground because right. you've lived like such by a lower standard most likely for so much time. That when you get money, no matter how you tell yourself, like, I'm not going to burn through this. You're going to burn you through You just 
are your it's just your mind functions in a realm where it never has before. Unless you already have like a decent house and you can go, okay, I'll pay off my mortgage and I'll just stay here and I won't like don't buy new stuff yeah. and I'll just live my life yeah. comfortably yeah. now. But the, I, I do believe studies say the majority of people who win the lottery are more unhappy than yeah than before. No, because because like the truth is that it's it's. This, your, your stress level is always like the same in a way. Like there's yeah. times when you're more stressed out, there's times when you're less stressed out. But a portion of your brain specifically is always going to be like donated to your stress. Yeah. So when you get yourself in this world, the the stresses are just. I mean, there's just even more implications. They're larger. Well, They're the, just the other really bad thing about it is, is uh, I think there's only like ten states that say that you don't have to come out to the public. Uh-huh. But most states make you come out yeah. to the public, which makes your life hell. Yeah. That means everybody is no, calling you, you need, all the time. And and what you what you would really need to do, I mean, is you need to Yeah, if it's and even if it's private, you have to like figure out and out of your real life delicately. Yeah. Yeah. You don't fucking not show up to work the next day. Right. You show up to work and you go, Can you believe some son of a bitch hauled all that money for nothing? Prick. <laughs> ah, I've been thinking about the Bahamas lately. You know, slowly milk it. Slowly get in there. Put in another four months at the office. It's terrible. Bud now had 14 TVs in his bedroom. I'll see you, Dave. Six of which were close-circuited cameras on his property. Wow. That means eight were not. <laughs> right. That means eight were for right. watching for TV. all at once. Yeah, well, one's the Weather Channel, Did one's CNN, the taxi one's where Latka got a wall full of TVs? <laughs> I must have at some point. The pressure started getting to him. He would get manic when he thought people were trying to cheat him. He would just sit and stare at the surveillance cameras all day. In 1984, a handyman came to the mansion to collect an overdue invoice. The guy came in through the garage, and he was pissed. Oh, boy. And Bud was pissed, too. Oh, boy. This has been building for some time. Bud shot over his head with a shotgun. Whoa. It turns out the guy was actually his stepdaughter's boyfriend. Oh, what? Bud was arrested and convicted of assault. The police came and confiscated 12 rifles and all his ammunition. When they left, left Bud said 4,000 was missing as well. He then sued the police department. Oh, boy. You know what? You let it go. You let got, it go. You got fucking... Let it go. 16 minutes. Well, now 15. No, 14 half back. Yeah. Relax. <laughs> Bud uh, now needed a judge's approval before leaving Venango County. He never repaired the shotgun damage to the garage wall. Sure. Are you surprised you? he didn't fill it with silver? Why? <laughs> Bud's brother was also not happy. Bud had bought his family a car dealership and a restaurant for 170000 but that wasn't enough for Bud's brother, Jeffrey. He seemed to believe Bud was going to give him some of the money when he won the lottery, but as the years went by, it became obvious this wasn't going to happen. I'm sure this happens all the time. Yeah. People get infuriated with you that you haven't given them money. Yep. So Jeffrey felt like he was getting ripped off, and he hired a hitman to kill Bud and his Jesus wife. Jesus Christ. What? Can I borrow some money, Bob? Uh, no, I um, I got it's mostly wrapped up and stuff. And I also I bought you the but car, bought you the car lot in the restaurant. I need a little money. Why well, bought you the car lot in the restaurant? I need so you, a little money. Right, so you would five be, grand. I'm bought, gonna hire a hitman. Uh, what? I need to borrow five grand. No, this is a. You shouldn't tell me that. Number one, but number five, two, I get I hundred seventy thousand dollars I spent on you. It's good. I need five grand to get the rest though. What the fuck does that even mean? I need to borrow five thousand dollars. I'm well, getting a hitman. Hey, we're stop saying that. I'm getting a hitman. <laughs> Jeffrey was arrested for committing solicitation of murder in the first degree and possession of 
and selling cocaine. Okay. Well, I think that there there like goes who, who? our logics there. I can't believe he was on cocaine. <laughs> I'm shocked. How is this guy on cocaine? You know, I was he doing seemed so grounded. The time when I was gonna hire a hitman to kill my millionaire brother, I'll be honest, I was doing a little coke. <laughs> but Jeffy received parole. Okay. Because he was dying of AIDS. Oh my god, Dave, these are Look. These are negative details that keep leaking out. If you're dying and someone's giving you hundred and seventy thousand dollars in businesses, what's the one thing you do? Kill As your a dying brother. man. You kill your you kill your brother. <laughs> you kill your again. brother. Because at the point of dying, it's when you really start to evaluate life and what it truly has meaning and what yeah. doesn't. Yeah. And the things that truly have meaning are killing family members. Cocaine and killing siblings. <laughs> Who gets AIDS and does coke? Eh, I don't know. I can't imagine I but I'm betting that's part of the reason he had AIDS. <laughs> let's let's see. It's a very it's a very tangled web. Uh, uh, but Jeffrey was ordered to have no contact with Butt. No, uh, but hey, no more killing your brother. Thank you, sir. All righty. Butt was convinced his brother Ed and sister Patty were also in on it, and so he cut them out of the will and eliminated eliminated them from the lottery beneficiary statement. Patty was informed of this by the Pittsburgh Gazette. So a reporter came. And said that Bud thought she was in on the contracted killer thing. Quote, so Buddy no longer is going to have anything to do with the family. That's the greatest news I've heard all week. Buddy is full of it. He blames everyone else for his problems. He's a goddamn liar. You can quote me on that. Uh, we will, ma'am. We, yep, yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> we plan on doing that. This is quoted. Kind of why we came here. You're for actually talking to a like reporter. This. this is great. Turns out Patty had taken Buddy in the year before when he had separated from his wife for the umpteenth time. Quote, I fed him. I took care of him. He paid me back by drinking a case of Budweiser a day, running up $2,000 in phone bills, and then paid me with a check that bounced. Lottery winner. I just, I don't even, where do you even start? How is a lottery winner living like a guy with no money? Like, that's a guy, that's the guy in the family that has no money. Yeah. Yep. This is going well. At this point, uh, only people on the the only people in the lottery beneficiary statement were two of his ten kids. Okay, so he cut everybody out, and now Bud was spooked. His daughter said he put in even more television monitors with closed circuit cameras around the house. He was, you know, I realized the problem. <laughs> I don't, I don't have enough TVs in the bedroom. <laughs> I need nine more. He was drinking constantly. One of his legs... Terrible start. ...shook all the time. He and his wife were fighting constantly. And when Bud has guns, he liked to pull them out during fights. He once shot through her purse when she was holding it during a fight. Wow. That's a pretty good shot. Yeah, that's a statement. (laughs) Which which was... uh, which was the final draw seems to be when he shot the radiator of her 1989 Pontiac Firebird. Just go get another one from the garage. Uh, It was too much for Bud's wife. I will say on this show, I, I Pontiac Pontiacs are mentioned a good amount. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's for sure. It's, (laughs) It's uh, (laughs) it's, it's, it's the funny back. The the Pontiac Firebird is the car of our people. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's the car. Like, not everyone who drives a Pontiac is a psychopath. But, but for the most part, every psychopath is driven a Pontiac. <laughs> Pontiac, are you crazy? Pontiac, 
We're still in business somewhere, apparently. And everybody's nuts. <laughs> um, so it's too much for Bud's wife. She moves out, filing to vo- for divorce in 1991. Then things got a lot worse. Oh, I was just going to say, things can't get any better for this guy. His former landlady, Anne, sued him for half the lottery winnings. Oh, boy. This is like years later. Ah, I can't believe she's suing me. That's it. I'm buying another TV. <laughs> Bud. She said they had agreed to split the winnings and that they had been lovers. Now, if you saw a picture of this woman, that's the most offensive thing that's happened. She's like a stump, like just a big stump of a person. It's not. Some people like to stump fuck. uh, Bud was adamant that they had never agreed to split the money. It uh, It was always that he would give her 20 tickets and the rest were his. That was the agreement. Right. Anne offered to settle, but Bud wouldn't because it wasn't right. And the judge ruled for her. Ugh. The judge based that uh, number. Yeah. There's nothing in writing. The judge based it on the fact that Bud had bought the tickets and kept 40 and given her 20. So under that reasoning, he said he owed her 33%. Doesn't that... Uh, okay, it's See, the to stupidest me, judge in the world. That reasoning clearly says to you they had an agreement, agreement of like they, you get twenty and you get forty. Otherwise, right. why wouldn't each keep thirty? Well, then you would just keep them all and scratch them all off. Yeah, or split them, ev- or like you could. The point is, having a number that is different for each one of them receiving the tickets tells you that there was a ticket agreement yes. over a financial settlement. Right. Yeah. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Good so judge. Stupidest judge in the world. Makes him split the, split the amount. So he... All rise. The Honorable Judge Stupid is entering the courtroom. Right here, Judge. Right here, Your Honor. Right, right, your Honor, sit down. Your Honor, sit down. Sit down, Your Honor. Don't say hi to them. I didn't math. Yeah, yeah. Didn't math him back. Order in the court. Say order in the... 33%. Say order in the court. Lady gets that. All right. Judge Stupid has made his... Verdict. All right. There we go. Wheel him back. Wheel him back into the room. Wheel him back there. So she gets $5.3 million in annual payouts. Wow. What? Bud's broke again. He was spending more than he brought in. He had no money in the bank. 5.3 in annual payouts? Yeah, because it's annual payouts, right? Yeah. So he, But he was only getting like hundreds of thousands a year. He's getting 500000 a year. But not, no, she's not getting five, three, $5.3 million a year. She's getting $5.3 million over Over years. years. Gotcha. Sorry. So uh, he has no money in the bank. He only has bills. He was worrying about not having money all the time. His brother Ed said that Bud had had continual money problems since he won the lottery because he buys hell high and sells low. Oh, God. Quote from his daughter. He wanted me to come down. I got to his house. It was a total wreck. There were moldy dishes and empty beer cans everywhere. It was disgusting. He was getting vascular cluster headaches that were extremely painful, and he found they came when he wore his false teeth. So now he was rarely wearing them. Why didn't she want to go visit him? I can't believe this guy worked at a carnival. Yeah. (laughs) He stayed at home most of the time. He sold his furniture off and other possessions to pay his debts. So he's just going to eventually live in an empty house with beer cans and no teeth? That's what he's living in. He sold all his furniture because he's a lottery winner who gets $500,000. He's still getting 
$500,000 a year, and he's selling his furniture. Yeah. How fucking incompetent. Like, that's beyond the beyond. It's insane. It's a good thing he didn't get a lump sum. At least he's got the boat. Yeah, so he's got his boat. Most of the rooms in his house were empty. Plastic garbage cans collected rainwater from the leaky ceiling. Jesus. There was just a hole from where the person who bought the jacuzzi had taken it. (laughs) (laughs) At what point is this not a mansion anymore? It's like Breaking Bad. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hole? Yeah. That's what it is. He's just got a hole. I just put a, I put a TV over it. Any hole, I just basically put a TV over. See, that's where the couch used to be. I just put a TV there. Okay, now this is the worst thing. Oh, boy. The broken security system would beep six times every 60 seconds. Bud said he couldn't afford to get it fixed. No. <laughs> no. no. Six times every 60 seconds? Every 10 seconds. Beep, beep. <laughs> He's just sitting there staring at the TVs. (laughs) (laughs) Beep, beep. (laughs) Beep, beep. Why would he just. But he was so freaked out about getting robbed. Uh, He's got nothing that he didn't disconnect it. Just unplug it. What is who's? There's nothing to take from him anymore. (laughs) I know. The only thing they could possibly take is the beep beep. Maybe he's worried they're gonna steal his hole. (sighs) I'm worried they're gonna steal the hole that the tub used to be in. Beep beep. (laughs) The front yard was filled with weeds because he had given his lawnmower away to his stepdaughter. The backyard pool was filled with dirt and weeds. Two unkept trailers what? sat outside in the yard. Eight brick pedestals that used to hold statues were now empty. This is what I picture Larry the Cable Guy's house looking like. <laughs> but that's how he wants it. Yeah. But right. was then forced to declare bankruptcy. Oof. It was eight years after winning $16 million. But asked the court if he could auction off his remaining lottery winnings for $2 million to pay his debts and then have some left over. So he's in such dire straits. But that is so terrible. Well, he's in such dire straits that he has a guaranteed $8 million and he's going to sell it for $2 million. But, but don't. That is the most fucked up. I'm just getting money. Would you like to buy it? It's crazy. It, in in a world where he's lost all of his money so fast, the idea that he's found a new way to sort of step it up, like, <laughs> you know, I figured out a way to, I'm actually, I'm, what I'm doing right now is I'm selling uh, $6 million for two. That's my latest plan. Uh, it's going great. I'm out of money. The court allowed him to auction off his winnings. That left him, after paying his debts, $1 million in cash. That, that money amount. is gone. It's a decent amount that someone can live on. Yes, right? for sure. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what candy he bought. Fortunately, this is Bud. Oh, God. Bud then came to the conclusion, completely on his own, that if he spent all his money, he would get some sort of tax deduction. Well, I, I love how you just put the mic down and take a big sip because you know that's the craziest <laughs> shit you've ever said. <laughs> what? With no... If he spends all his money, he'll get a tax break. <laughs> but 
That's so stupid. And he said he had 38 days to do it. Th- that arbitrarily he's just come up with? This is all totally arbitrary. So, like, he's got, like, a beer can as, a, as his accountant right yeah, now? pretty much. Just like, come on, bud. The beer can said do it in 38. <laughs> 36 is what it said. His lawyer told him this was a very, very bad idea, and it didn't make any sense. It makes no sense. The idea, <laughs> the idea that you're like, you have the money, and you're like, I figured out. A, I mean, he's found out another way to lose a lot of his money yeah. and get a little bit back. Right. Right. How does he keep doing he's also it? He's not getting any kind of tax break. He's just spending money. Right. But even in he's his world to, of warped logic. He's going to end up owing taxes on the million dollars. <laughs> yeah, they tax me real heavy on that million. I don't know what a tax break is. So Bud went on a spending spree. Well, he bought tools for a business he never started. He bought an uninsured boat that quickly caught on fire. <laughs> In a year, he was completely out of money. He was now living on Social Security and disability, and he was incredibly happy. Uh, That's great. He said what was important to him was peace of mind. He no longer had the stress of worrying about people coming to get money from him or to steal from him. He no longer had the surveillance cameras. He was much more relaxed. But he still lives with the beep beep. He still lives with the beep beep. <laughs> I want to move the beep beep. The with only me. thing he kept was the alarm. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> he died of respiratory failure on July 26, 2006. He left behind uh, his latest wife, uh, which was the seventh, and eight children. Gladys said of her dad, quote, My dad got so much happier when he had nothing. After the money was gone, he realized what was important. You know, they say that for his burial, uh, he was only buried two feet deep, but paid for six. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Right? Yeah, it's nuts. That's just, I mean, but it is. There is just something. It's so bizarre how the lottery is this portal into your true self almost. The fucking stories, man. If you, I know. If you, really, if you really get into the stories, holy fuck. No, I just heard this one about this guy named Bud who uh, <laughs> he just, he had like this, he had $3 in his bank account and then, oh no, no, we just did this. Sorry. That's the one I'm thinking of. The one we just did. Right, that is what we just did. Yeah. Right. Alrighty. Alright, well, we signed Another cars. day, another dollop. We signed cars. Yeah. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it. But either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th. 
Bristol September 22nd and Cardiff September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.